You're listening to the article, What Does America Need? Originally posted on April 18th, 2020 by Zach Turbis at TellableTruths.com. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to the blog so you can get updates when we release blog content and future episodes. With millions out of work and the country on lockdown due to the COVID-19 response, countless Americans are wondering just when things will return back to normal. But contrary to popular opinion, America does not need a return to normalcy. In fact, that's the last thing we need. Before I begin, let me clarify what I don't mean. I don't mean to suggest that we shouldn't get back to work. Nor do I mean to say that entertainment and leisure, hobbies and passions, peacefulness and security should cease to exist. Taken alone, all such pursuits are noble, and they highlight God's boundless common graces poured out on the fallen yet privileged sons of men. What I mean to say is that given our current state of affairs and the revealed dispositions of the God who cannot change and governs life down to the sparrows, the old normal looks to be clearly in God's crosshairs, and if that's the case, going back is a fool's errand. No survey of biblical history is complete without copious references to those low points in man's affairs when God intervened to judge mankind for rebellion. He sank the earth in the days of Noah, destroyed Sodom for their lasciviousness, devastated Egypt for Pharaoh's hard heart, arrested Canaan for their satanic practices, and even subjected his own people, Israel, to violence, drought, pestilence, and banishment because of their inability not to sin. There are precious few things in Scripture that are more clear than the observation that God judges people for their iniquities. This should make you uneasy. For a country such as ours, steeped in decadence, rife with every kind of sexual corruption, seeing no problem with thievery from future generations, and one that sits idly by while nearly a million children per year are poisoned and butchered in the womb of the person who is supposed to love them the most, judgment is not just possible, but long overdue. The old normal that everyone wants back was a steaming stench in the nostrils of God, and we would do well to deem just how likely it is that COVID-19, along with everything that follows in its wake, is that due judgment. God will not be mocked. If you know the story of Job, you know that not every instance of suffering is a direct result of that person's own sin. In fact, It was precisely because of Job's steadfast faithfulness that God singled Job out and permitted him to undergo extreme loss, physical anguish, and deep emotional despair in the first place. He wasn't even aware that God was, through him, shaming Satan and bolstering the faith of billions who would tread harrowing ground after him. And in the end, despite his vexation and laments, Job gets no answers for why he was forced to endure such torrents of pain. Only a fatherly charge to know his finitude and trust his God. Faithful Christians have lost work. Faithful Christians will lose more work still. Death and loss, strife and woe will take no holiday and will likely increase before anything gets better. But God has more than proven his ability to bless his people in the midst of their pain and even by it. 
Some of us need to consider, like Job, that the suffering we're walking through might not in fact be judgment from God for wrongs unpunished, but rather a momentary hardship on the path that leads to greater manifestations of God's glory. An integral part in the grand play which was intimately crafted to harness our attention and turn us towards the fountain of all joy, God. So having said all that, what is our charge? A great many more of us than are currently doing so need to look in the mirror and realize not how much we deserve our current circumstances, but how we actually deserve much worse. For a nation such as ours, which harbors the scourge of prenatal infanticide, proudly promotes sexual deviancy, and circulates currency that openly appeals to God's providence while legislating feverishly against his wisdom and commandments, an economic meltdown and potential plague are mere annoyances compared to the fury that our corporate sins require. Nineveh had no promise from God that he would relent from utterly destroying them, but they turned from their wickedness anyway. We are Nineveh. We have no promise that things will get better, but that doesn't matter one bit. We need to repent. Let us turn to God. Let us lean into Him, on Him, and if we are bound to fall, let us fall in His direction, with arms stretched out, reaching for His blessing, clawing for His forgiveness, not for fear of further strife, but in grief over our former selves. Anything that gets us doing that, I don't care how excruciating it seems at the time, is conspicuous in abundant mercy. America is indeed suffering from a disease, but it's not what you think. Job was not a sinless man, but he was blameless. He was a truster in God, a lover of grace. One of my favorite passages in Job comes in chapter 9, when we hear Job in distress, reason, and hope out loud for that which you and I desperately require. Overcome by his misery and understanding his blamelessness before God as regards his destitute condition, Job intensely desires an audience with the Almighty to confirm his innocence. But Job's appraisal of his situation doesn't stop there. Job recognizes his ultimate inadequacy to approach God alone, which leads him to conclude that he needs a mediator, saying, If I say I will forget my complaint, and will put off my sad face, and be of good cheer, I become afraid of all my suffering, for I know that you will not hold me innocent. I shall be condemned. Why then do I labor in vain? If I wash myself with snow, and cleanse my hands with lye, yet you will plunge me into a pit, and my own clothes will abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I might answer him, that we should come to a trial together. There is no arbiter between us, who might lay his hand on us both. Let him take his rod away from me, and let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak without fear of him, for I am not so in myself. Job 9, 27-35 Unlike Job, we have clearly perverted the good. If he was fearful to approach God when he was blameless, how much more should we fear approaching the throne of the Almighty with debauchery like blood coursing through our veins? If Job needed a mediator when he was in the right, how much more do we need one, with our spurning his counsel times without number and having trampled his honor openly now for decades? Consider this verse from Paul's epistle to Timothy, and put off pride just long enough that you can appreciate how God, in the fullness of time, answered Job's cries. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony at the proper time. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 More than normalcy, America needs humility. 
More than a vaccine, we need divine mediation. And there's only one who fits that bill. We need Christ. Thanks for listening to the audio recording of What Does America Need? If you've benefited from our content, please like our Facebook page and consider giving a donation to New Day Orphanage Zambia, a ministry that we support by going to newdayorphanage.org. Thanks for listening and don't forget to tell the truth.